right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. F that. You don't got time to say. All right, let's go. Crank it. Crank it, Glenn Cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Hey. And on today's edition of the show, we are officially four weeks out from the first KU football game. Our four weeks out from our first show at Big Mill for our KU tailgating show. Uh, but also, we're going to talk uh, plenty more. We've got RCSD football trivia. Uh, Alyssa Burnoff is going to join us at about 3.40 to talk the celebrity softball game put on by the Boys and Girls Club, or for the Boys and Girls Club, I should say, uh, later on this hour. And me and Nick are going to be out there doing some PA stuff, so you can uh, come out and say hi. We have a KU football does Friday. Mean, we got. Does that mean we're celebrities? I don't think so. What? I wouldn't quite call us celebrities. Hmm. Okay. Um, we also have uh, Florida Man Mad Libs coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. RCST is brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery. So officially four weeks out, four weeks from the first KU football game, KU Missouri State, right here on KLWN and our sister station 105.9 KISS. You said last week that you didn't think there was going to be a big difference between five and four weeks. Do you agree with that still? Mm, actually, I'm starting to think maybe I might have been wrong. I think there is a difference. <laughs> because, I well, okay. In my head, I was like, "Nah, maybe not." But the thing is, when the when you get to four weeks, you're now within a month, so that suddenly seems a lot. Closer. And camp has started now. And camp is underway, which also makes it feel closer. So I think the crossing the threshold. So the different. It's not so much the difference between five weeks and four weeks, as much as the difference between now you can say we are less than a month away. Couldn't say that last week. No, Couldn't you say that Five weeks. But the four weeks you can say. It. So that's where the difference is. But I do think it's it's. There's a major difference between like six weeks and four weeks, like a, a significant difference, right? Is that the biggest two week gap? Mm-hmm. Ten to eight, well, I think, was a big no, one. No, ten to eight's a big one. That was a big or, one. D- yeah, yeah, because once you get to single digits, yeah, that's a big one. You could also, you could even argue twelve to ten. Sure, I think four to two is going to be a big one. Yeah, no, that's a that is that's a big a one. Very big because one. once you get to two weeks, it's like it's almost there. You know? No, I yeah, I, I agree with that. I think. I think four to three, there's not much of a difference, but three to two, huge difference, mm. massive difference. <laughs> okay, well, here's the the number fours for this week. Four is the amount of interceptions thrown by both Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean each, so total it up, that's eight, but that's four good. for each of them, very good. Uh, coming into the year, some of the stat projections we were having last year on Jalen Daniels. I mean, we I, were talking like sixteen and ten. We thought sixteen yeah. and ten would be good. I was I was wondering if you know you were going to get an interception a game because you go back yeah. to Jalen Daniels at the end of the twenty twenty one season. I think he had three of them in three games. There's three or four of them because he had two against West Virginia. Um, maybe there was one against TCU. But yeah, that was a, that was a conversation. It was like maybe he's going to be really good, but are you going to have a lot of interceptions? Yeah, and he didn't end up with a lot of them last year. No, no. I mean, obviously he missed some time, but then Jason Bean stepped in and he didn't really have very many. I think with Jason Bean, the one game where you were where you would think, man, that really stinks, would be the Oklahoma game, right? Because mm-hmm. he had a bad one there. Now, he had a bad one against TCU, too, which maybe you might win the TCU game if, it, if that doesn't happen. So, uh, you know, it, it, 
it's less the volume is less, but the significance of them I think was still felt when it when they happened. Uh, you know, because not all not all turnovers are created equal, right? Sometimes it can be I mean, throwing a pick on a Hail Mary to end a half is a lot different than throwing a pick in the fourth quarter trying to win the game or something like that. So that's still really good, though, because you're right. I think almost every conversation we had, neither one of us projected that the numbers would be this good mm-hmm. in terms of how few they've thrown, they, they threw. If you can have eight or less this year, if I guaranteed you, okay, because that's the total between the two guys, that you're, you're going to have eight interceptions, would you take that or would you roll the dice and, and say maybe it can be even lower? I would probably roll the dice. I mean – I think Jalen Daniels has done an exceptional job of getting better at, at protecting the ball, and I would I would probably roll the dice there. I think he could probably get less than eight, to be honest. I might take it. I, I do agree eight? with you that he there is a chance. Yeah, of course that could be lower. I think I'd take it because there is a part of me that still worries, like what if there is that year where you have 12 or 13 in there? Yeah, I mean, the one thing is, remember, Andy Kolnick earlier this week, which we, we played that audio on the show, he kind of talked about how the area where he's seen Jalen Daniels improve the most is in comprehensively understanding the X's and O's of plays and how things should be working. And he actually made a specific example of where he was explaining a play to Jalen Daniels, and he was like, "Hey, if this guy's here, you know, throw it there. You know, watch out for somebody sitting on whatever route." And he was basically like, "The very next play, we did it, and Jalen Daniels read it perfectly." So I I have a lot of faith in. Andy Kolnicki being able to coach Jalen Daniels and be like, hey, listen, this is what you need to see from a macro level. And when you see these types of coverages, this is where you need to go with the ball. And I, I do think Jalen Daniels is going to be very, very good at taking care of the ball because he, he was before he got hurt, right? I mean, he was he was exceptional. Besides, I think there was how many? I think he had like two fumbles maybe. He yeah, the, the one at the goal CCU. line. Yeah. Is there one in another game before that? Maybe Possibly. Not. I don't remember. But – the point being, I, I have a lot of faith in the combination of Andy Cole, Nicky, coaching, and Jalen Daniels continuing to grow as sort of that understanding the game at an even higher level to where I, I do think he'll be less than eight. Yeah, so I'm willing to take that risk. That's totally fair. Either way, if you can get it around that same number again, very that, good. That's, that's huge, right? Very good. If you figure you just do have eight interceptions, even if it is the same number, and let's say you can tighten up on your, your fumbling, from last year. I don't remember how many you lost. I don't think it was that many that you lost. Like, it might have only been, like what, I guess half, if you include special teams, I don't what, know. like half a dozen? How, how many fumbles do you think they lost? Four, five, six, yeah, maybe? Six. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. It's probably around there. It could have been more. Um, but if you can tighten that up, and let's say you basically, as a team, only fumble four times, only lose four fumbles, I should say. That's once every three games. I don't know how doable that is, but, you know, it doesn't seem impossible to me. That's 12 turnovers. And at that point... If your defense can't force more than that, like that's a big problem. If you if you can basically have eight or less interceptions, I think you feel good about you having at least a neutral, if not positive, turnover differential. And for a defense that does have questions, you having that is probably going to be a big determining factor in how good you are this year. Yeah, I would agree. Like we've talked about it. What's the one thing that can kind of I don't know if cover up is the right term, but can kind of uh, you know reduce a defense that struggles. It's turnovers, yeah. right? If you're a defense, if you struggle to give up a lot of yards and you're not very good in the pass or the run game, whatever it might be, but you force a lot of turnovers, that can solve a lot of your problems. So that, that can take a mediocre defense to being like an average or above average defense, which in the case of KU, like we've had the discussion all, all offseason long, if this is a defense where you can say, yeah, it's a pretty average defense, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10 range in the Big 12, and you force a good amount of turnovers, 
that should be good enough with the level of offense that we expect KU to have for them to possibly win, you know, hit the seven, eight, nine game win mark. Yeah, and, and it's not just that the positive differential has that big impact that you just mentioned. It's that the negative differential, that's also a way you could win four or five games, right? I mean, yeah, it is such a big exactly. swing in, in what you can do there. Yeah. Uh, four is also the jersey number of Marvin Grant and Devin Neal. Obviously, we know what Devin Neal brings to the table. Uh, I think the question is going to be what's going to be his usage rate because it's clear that he can be just a workhorse back in a, in a game or two if you need him to be, i.e. Oklahoma State, which we talked about on yesterday's show. Uh, but I don't think that's what they want Devin Neal to be for multiple games, right? So what's his usage going to be? How are they going to manage that? How's Daniel Hyshaw going to work into that in terms of you know, returning from his injury and whatnot. What's the role of Dylan McDuffie going to be? Does Savion Morrison take a bigger role? Maybe uh, we'll just we'll just see how that goes. But there's no question that Devin Neal, when you have that lightning in a bottle, he can absolutely be the ultimate X factor. And Marvin Grant, I think, is a very very fascinating player. He was maybe one of the hardest hitters on this team last year as a, like a box safety type. And clearly, I think there's a role for him on this team in, in the secondary. Uh, but when you've got guys like Kenny Logan and OJ Burrows. What kind of packages is Marvin Grant going to be most active in? Where's what? What's kind of his role? If he if he really just is that downhill hard hitting safety, is he just a guy you bring in on you know third and medium, third and short to be that extra secondary mm-hmm. heavy hitter, or does he get on the field a little bit more? I think that's what I'm most curious with with Marvin Grant because, it, I mean, listen, Kenny Logan's going to be out there. OJ OJ Burrows based on based on his ability to to play the pass coverage, you figure is going to be a guy getting a lot of snaps. Even some other guys like Jalen Dye, potentially, or other players could be getting in there. So what's what's Marvin Grant's impact? How much is he going to be out there, and what's his role going to be? I think that's maybe the most curious question. Yeah, He's he's more of a hard-hitting safety, uh, and he actually had his best coverage year by coverage grade on Pro Football Focus last year. He had a 61 coverage grade, which isn't a great number, but the years two years prior at Purdue, it was 37 and 44. He's more of a box safety. I almost view him more as an extra linebacker out there. I mean, he's got great tackling grades. Last two years, his tackling grades were 78 and 79, also 68 both years in run defense. He honestly is someone that I look to and say, if Craig Young is going to be on certain pass downs, somebody who maybe comes in to rush the passer, maybe becomes a defensive end, could you put Marvin Grant at the hawk in those situations? Maybe you could. yeah. I, I kind of view it right now the way I kind of view it is, okay, if it's a if it's a third and like eight or plus, you probably want OJ Burrows out there for his pass coverage. But if it's third and medium, third and short, maybe you sub out Burrows and bring in Grant, who can be a hard hitter near the line of scrimmage, who can be a guy who can stop somebody short of that first down marker, and he plays more of that style where he can make a hit and stop somebody in their tracks. You yeah. Know, that's that's kind of how I view it. And I'm sure they might I'm sure they probably have packages where both those guys are on the field at the same time, both Marvin Grant and, and OJ Burroughs. So uh, there's probably gonna be a lot of mixing and matching with how that works and I'm just curious to see what his role is. Yeah. So uh yeah, I'll be interested to see if they're they're you know takes a jump in in how we see him used. Uh four is the amount of receiving touchdowns that Jared Casey had. Four is also the amount of receiving touchdowns that Lawrence Arnold had. Yeah, I think you would probably guess that Lawrence Arnold would have had more than four last year, right? Looking back at some of the highlight plays he made, you would probably think he had a few more, but that's how many he had. And and I think that just kind of circles back to our discussion of if he if Lawrence Arnold breaks out as the true number one, what's his what's his ceiling for touchdowns? Does he get to does he double that? Does he get to eight? Does he get to nine or ten? Right? What's mm-hmm. could he could he get there? Uh and then obviously Jared Casey is just the ultimate 
Swiss Army Knife, the ultimate guy who can do whatever you need him to do. Uh, he's an elite blocker. He's great on those trick plays because people, if it, he's, it's easy to forget about him, easy to get lost in coverage with him. You know, when KU leaks him out or whatever, I go back to that touchdown against Texas Tech that he had. So he's, it's incredible how valuable he is. And he's one of those players where it's really hard to quantify his value because he does so much of the other stuff that, you know, it's not just the receptions and the yards and the touchdowns. It's it's everything in its totality of what he does that makes him so special. I expect the number to be around the same for Jared. I, I, think, I think for so. Arnold, it could go up uh, yeah, a very I, good I kind of think it would be the same for Jared also. Mm-hmm. Four is also the amount of non-fair catch punt returns Kansas had last year. So O.J. Burroughs had three for 18 yards. Luke Grimm had one for negative three yards. And we've talked a lot about the special teams, how that needs to get better too for KU. But that to me, that stat right there really makes you realize how, how little punt return opportunities you're even going to have over the course of the year. I mean, that's four of them. And it really shows that if you're only going to have a handful of actual punt return opportunities every year, you better not mess any up because if, if one of your five returns is a fumble, that I mean that that means twenty percent of your returns were as bad as it can get. That'd be like the equivalent of a quarterback who throws twenty times in a game and four of them are interceptions. That's an issue. On the flip side, though, a team with good punt return team, like if you get ten punt returns over the course of the year and you house one or two of them for a touchdown, that's again the equivalent of a quarterback throwing twenty passes and they have you know four or five touchdown passes, right? So like. How even though it's not something that happens a lot, you actually getting the chance to return a punt. So many you just have to fair catch or let go at this point in time. Not messing up is such a big key. And you go back to like the Kansas State game when when that came back to haunt him. Yeah, I think you know my policy on punt returns. Just you want this to be it. zero. Just yes, I want it to be zero. But you don't even want them you to have fair a, catch. You have a great it. offense. You have a great offense. Why even bother risking? Having that issue, but you why even bother? You want them to not even fair catch it. You it's just the want same them to let it roll. Policy that I have with the Chiefs. If you have a great offense, why are you even risking the possibility of of taking an opportunity away from your? Because if you let every punt go, you're going to lose twenty to thirty yards on that drive. In the and that, NFL, that might be true. In college, punters suck, so that's not true. You're, I disagree. You're still going to lose. It might not be as much as the NFL, but you're still going to lose a good amount of yards. And that over time, I over don't care. every punt is going to total care. up to more than one. Lost fumble. I would rather have I would rather have to watch the offense go an extra ten yards on a drive than risk possibly okay. giving it away like that. All right. That's my policy. That's always been my policy. It will continue to be my policy forever. Especially if the punt is inside the ten. Okay, how does this change if KU has a good punt return game? Like if you were if you were approaching this from a standpoint where your team had Devin Hester, your team was Kansas State, who historically has been great at, at special teams. Wouldn't you be viewing this from a different light? Wouldn't you be viewing this? Because last year, the Chiefs were 32nd in the NFL in special teams EPA. Uh, KU was obviously not good in, in special teams. That's it's fine. easy to say that for those teams. If you your great- team was good at special teams, you would say, no, we want to return more, right? If my team, if my team had an offense that sucked, I would feel differently. <laughs> Let's put it that way. What, what, the whole point that I'm saying Liz, with, with the Chiefs and with the KU specifically is when you have a great offense – 10 yards, who cares? You have a great offense. It doesn't matter. It's 10 yards. Over the course of time, that 10 yards is going to bounce. It's going to matter. I disagree. It's going to matter. I disagree. Um, if you can have I'd a rather good punt ha- I'd rather, team. Again, I'd rather have them go an extra 10 yards than risk fumbling. Okay, or but here's the flip side to that. You have a good punt return team. Now you have a great offense that only has to go 40 yards instead of 60. The chances of you getting a well, touchdown are You can't are have your insane. cake and eat it, too. You can't have a good well, offense. Sometimes you can. Return. 
Why can't you have both? Why? Why? Can't I don't you know. Have I don't both? make the rules, man. That's just how it is. Okay, so Sean Snyder's here now. I'll be interested to see I'm who not, is listen, the kick and punt returner. I am not totally opposed to returning punts. Not totally opposed. I am totally opposed inside the ten. Oh, I'm you, fine no fielding punts yeah. inside the ten. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm good not, with that. I'm I am good not a hundred percent opposed to all punt returns. If it's inside the ten or even inside the fifteen, generally I am opposed. And I and I am in favor of just fair catching more often than not. Okay, okay, we found a little middle ground there. But so I mean, it could be Savion Morrison, it could be a receiver, right? We we don't know who this is going to be. This is one of those complete unknowns. Who's going to be the part return guy? Who's going to be the kick return guy? I guess if we just go based off who it was last year, OJ Burrows and Luke Grimm are back. So I guess why wouldn't it be them again? Jason Bean. If Sean Snyder can can add something here, if you gave Kansas even one punt return touchdown this year, that could swing one game. That could be the difference of one extra win. So we'll see if it happens. But at the very least, if you can just make it so that it's not a unit that has like the fumble in I'll, the Kansas I'll, State I'll, game. Let me put it this way. I am not as opposed to punt returns as I am to kick returns. Okay. I want zero kick returns. Zero. Well, that don't makes more sense because it's like kickoff. at least if you don't return it, you just, you're just you at the 25 every time. Yes. Whereas Do if you don't return, return a punt, kickoff. that could differ where you start Do not return ball. a single kickoff. Yeah. So, ever. I don't know. It's it's something I'm definitely monitoring. I want every drive to start at the 25. Every uh, drive. Well, there's uh, more realignment news in college sports that uh, we need to get to next. Alyssa Burniff is going to join us coming up later this hour as well to talk the celebrity softball game. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depending on about half past three, this is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Alyssa Burnuff of the uh, Boys and Girls Club is going to join us coming up here in about 15 minutes from right now to talk the celebrity softball game. And, uh, you know, it should be a lot of fun on, on Saturday at 6 o'clock, so highly recommend coming out to that. Now, um, more college realignment news to come out. Obviously, uh, the Arizona to the Big 12 stuff continues to intensify. Will that happen? I don't know. Maybe we'll know soon. It is funny, though, because if, if you were on social media at all, like over the last, I don't know, 12 hours, 24 Dude, hours. It has been, it's been a, a disaster. Yes. I mean, what are we doing? It's just chaos. Nobody even knows what's going on. Yes, it's it's absolutely wild. Like, So yesterday at some point, kind of last night at some point, there was talk that like, yeah, Arizona, it is happening. They're going to the Big 12, of course. <laughs> and then it was like Arizona State, like the president, um, I don't know, is maybe okay with it. Like maybe they're going to join and Utah might be dragged along with them and that'll get them to 16. Um, and that Oregon and Washington are going to go to the Big Ten. Then later last night slash early this morning, they're all of a sudden switched. Some of these reports became sentiment of uh, Oregon and Washington ha- have turned down the Big Ten and Pac-12 is going to stay together. Pac-12 is going to stay together. Like they're going to. You know. They're going to. There uh, is some momentum that they're going to find a new deal. That they're going to be a part of it. And then it was like, well, if that happens, will Arizona stay? Will they not? They might not. They still might go. And then you'll still have eight Pac-12 teams together, and they can add whoever else from Mountain West. And then later this morning, it was like. No, Oregon and Washington were officially leaving, and now it's become basically <laughs> official, um, yeah, where I, they've been voted in and all this stuff. Yeah, it's so it's so complicated and confusing, and like, yeah, I don't know. Every hour, it seemed like there was some new report, either contradicting a report from an hour ago or some new revelation or what. I who knows, man. So I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of of the opinion right now of just kind of waiting and seeing, I guess, what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like, like you said, the Oregon and Washington stuff. I. Guess is yeah, like it's being reported on, but like, like the athletic done. is basically reporting it's done, like kind of um, done, it's been voted on. So that would lead me to assume that that means 
probably Arizona is going to go ahead and join the Big 12, I'm sure. Because, I mean, Oregon and Washington are the two remaining major universities, I would say, in the, mm-hmm. the Pac-12, or the two major chess pieces on, on the board. So if they're officially out, you have to assume that the Arizonas, the Arizona states of the world, if they have an option to join the Big 12, will probably go ahead and take it just because the other option would be potentially just be in conference purgatory and with a, with a sinking ship in the Pac-12 and and who knows. Mm-hmm. By the way, I have a as, – as much as – I will say, okay, you'll see a lot of people bringing up the fact that um, if you're a Big 12 person, like nobody was sad for the Big 12 when this was happening to them, so why would we be, uh, you know, the – I don't know. We've been the victim before. Like, don't be mad at us for being the villain now. We're just trying to survive. I understand that. I also understand the people who are like, you know, this does suck for college sports. It sucks that the Pac-12 could be no more. Um, it, it It's unfortunate. This is where it's going. It's almost just like a game of survival, and, and that's kind of just where we've gone with this. It is all about the money. I, I wish there was a rule that, as a conference, all of your – you had to have some sort of trail connecting every school of, on the map of the U.S., like a road? The states. No, there just had to be like, like if you have, okay, let's say you have a school like, like in if Texas. if you're going to take a pencil, you have to draw without picking it up. Without picking like it up. You have to go through, a, every state that you go through to get there has to have a school that's in your conference. <laughs> I think that would make realignment so much better. Think about this. You have, uh, I'm looking at the Big Ten, the future Big Ten map right now. It's Nebraska, and then you have blank states all the way till you get to California and then up the, the coast north to Oregon and Washington. I, I don't know. Just a fun idea to add to more regionality. It's never going to happen, but nonetheless. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, what I suspect we could be going to is like, picture this. Let's just say, ten year, you know, five, ten years from now. What if it's just three mega conferences? Which the 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 point I'm going to make here is it's almost oxymoronic in saying that down the road, what if it's just three mega conferences? But then all those all those conferences are like, wait a second. What if it makes more sense that we just make everyone into pods of like the different conferences, and then you just have exactly what we have now? You see what I'm yeah, saying? yeah. So like, what if the, the Big irony. Ten? Yeah. So what if the Big Ten is like, oh, let's create a pod We're have a of West regions. division, yeah, <laughs> and a in a Midwest, Midwest division and an East, and then you guys in the West are gonna play. There are two pods of ten. You're gonna play all yeah. nine other teams so it's like, for your conference games. We're gonna yeah. play our nine teams, and then everybody will like first place will first play first place, second will play second for our tenth conference game. Yeah, so it's like so it's like the Big Twelve, the yeah. Big Ten, and the SEC Where are just of, three mega conferences yes. of thirty, and then they just they just they just, they just it's it becomes the same thing. Every you have now. conference is basically two conferences, so yeah, it's basically six <laughs> power conferences, even though they're under the umbrella of three. That's, yes, that's why that could one hundred percent happen. You're you're probably right in that regard, and it's just split money, and it gives more uniformity to more teams across more conferences. Yeah, I, I think you're probably spot on with what's going to happen there, especially when you look at how spread out the Big Ten is. Because, dude, after a couple of years of this crap of USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington flying to East Lansing to play Michigan State at 11 a.m., they're going to be like, dude, this is terrible. Like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. We need to do something to fix this. Oh, I know. Let's just play all the teams in that are in our region. Oh, oh, you mean like you had before? Oh, good idea. Wow, genius. It's like reinventing the wheel. Right. You know, these things kind of come in cycles. It just it just sucks that, like, the regionality and the, the whole, you know, it is professional sports at this point. Um, I, I continue to believe that this is going to be one of those things where it's the dollar sign is clouding the 
long-term gain that oh for sure the short-term is, gain yeah. of the money is going to actually because i Dude, think by doing is, this it is incredible how short-sighted right these some of these school some of these universities and some of and even the conferences are you're gonna have some games where it's like of course you're when alabama's playing texas when usc is playing ohio state those games are gonna get great ratings they are on tv what's gonna happen is your more regional games and your non-games of those types of powers, the ratings are going to go down because there is less regionality. There is less rivalry. There is less interest in like, oh, we got to beat you know, our rival this week. It's yeah, like, I mean, oh, we're playing this. Doesn't, doesn't, UCLA's playing Rutgers. Who yeah, cares? Like, is an Iowa fan going to care when Iowa plays Washington? Probably not. Like, no. Right. So I think the big games will actually probably get higher ratings than they've gotten before. Which maybe that's I, all they care about. But maybe it is, but that's a smaller per- – that's such a small percentage of – you know, the, the bigger games are that's, what, four or five games every week that are ranked games out of the – 60 Hundreds? 70 games that that happen in a given week yeah. you know it's it's a, it's a small percentage and so what you're going to have is you're going to have your middle tier games your lower end games i think those ratings are going to go down and so i think in the you know in the short term you're taking the money but in the long term like maybe it plateaus maybe the money starts going down because well, it just isn't that worth anymore and listen if two idiots sitting in a studio me and you can foresee some of these issues that might come be coming up in the future how can it, how can the conferences and the in the universities not find out not figure this stuff you out? You see the check. You see all the zeros in front of you, and you're like, you know what? I probably won't even be here in ten years. Sure, why not? Right? Like I I might be fired by then. I might be retired. Oh yeah, might... we'll just we'll just leave that to the next guy. Exactly. That's kind of how it works. It really is, unfortunately. Uh, now, as far as this relating to the Big Twelve and and the Pac Twelve and and seemingly its demise, um, this leaves them with just seven schools. And if Arizona is to leave to the Big 12, which a lot of people are kind of assuming is almost a done deal at this point, that would leave them with six schools. You figure Arizona State would maybe You figure. I guess it's not entirely. So Arizona State, their president has been very, like, outwardly against leaving the Pac-12. He's he's kind of a loser. Now, could that be just him jockeying to try to keep the conference together and now he knows that option's not together and you know that was just kind of a ploy by him and he doesn't actually care that much i don't know but it's also interesting with utah another school that could join the big 12 their fans and and their department have been very against uh joining i i uh, i saw some story with this this will be kind of funny um utah part of the reason they didn't want to join the big 12 is that they were estimating the brand change like in having to change like, oh, the logo on your field and the the, the Pac-12 logos that are all around the building yeah. would cost them eight figures to change. So tens of millions of dollars. Whereas well, like see, Arizona where, and the other schools were like, no, it'll cost us 50000 Well, see, this is where they sort of follow the genius of Iowa State. Remember, Iowa State strategically put up some of their stuff where it was like going to be very easy to remove Texas and Oklahoma because they were going to leave and stuff. They should have just followed that. Here's my question also. Does that mean that Utah just put the Pac-12 on every single thing in the entire Salt Lake City? Is that what that means? <laughs> I like don't know. Just I guess Pac-12 on literally everything. I guess it's just on. It's on every street corner. They branded everyone with the Pac-12 yeah. logo. People have tattoos. Yeah, with the Pac-12 like, logo. Well, I mean, what are we doing? Why? Why would it cost that much? No, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's very funny to me. Um, so that'll be something to monitor what those two schools do. I will say, going back, now this is very niche, especially to how conferences are now. Like, back in the day, conferences were fine having six teams, eight teams, or ten teams, you know? Um, Nowadays, if you have a conference of six, like, it just feels like you're ready to get, you know, picked apart. But it used to be the Pac-6. So could they stay as the Pac-6? I don't know. Probably not. 
No, because the less schools you have, the significantly less TV money you're going to get, right? You would think, but also like I guess if you don't have to share it. Well, I guess from this standpoint, to, like I mean, if listen, I, I'm, if I'm it's per school. Yeah, I'm stupid, but I know that if you have twelve schools versus six <laughs> schools, the pie, everyone gets a bigger chunk. Yes, but the pie is also probably just a smaller a lot pie. Smaller, yes. Oregon, Washington, not that right? But don't you think a would, would a, a conference of six Plus, with with how, Cal, Stanford, Utah, whoever else, those six schools that are saying that would probably still get more per school than like the Mountain West? I don't know, but also how are they, how would they do that schedule wise? Play five they, conference they, they games. They had five conference games, but so you home have to fill. <laughs> you have to fill, you know, four, yeah. five, six other non-con. No, games. I mean it's not that unusual from uh, the Big East back in the day. I think it was an eight-team league. I think they played seven conference games, and then they had like five non-cons. But that was like, pretty wild. How? Who did you play? Because if they every just played other, a lot of. But if every other school they have conference games starting after the fourth week of the season, yeah. who can you play? Oh, there's I think there's four independent schools. I don't know. Got a lot of buy games in there. Maybe you do home and home. Like I said, you, you, you have five other teams. You do ten conference games, home and home. That'd be kind of interesting. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I just think it's kind of interesting if, no, if there the, was one me, lone survivor that was like, ah, we'll just stick at six. To me, you, I guess you could try to do that if you're the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. The obvious answer, though, is you raid the Mountain West. You go get yeah. Boise State. You get Fresno San Diego State, State. You get San Diego State. Maybe even like a Wyoming or like a, I don't even Colorado know. State, maybe? Colorado State. Was probably, they'd probably be better than Wyoming. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it gets them 10. They can go back to the Pac-10. Sure, great. Everybody's or, happy. Or would they just stay true to the idiocy of naming and just stay as the Pac-12? Yeah. No, little do people know the Big Ten had 11 schools for like many decades. It just never made sense. Um, Okay, so if you're the Big 12 at Arizona... Would you, if you, you're commit, you're Brad with your mark, do you want Arizona State and Utah? I would want Arizona State because I do think I do want to keep some semblance of rivalries. It doesn't bother you at all that Arizona State and Utah have been very like against this whole the whole no, process. No, it, it bothers me with Utah. Okay. Utah can go. You you Utah can go out the pasture. I'm done with Utah. <laughs> I'm I'm done with them. Okay, so you would add then because at that point, if you're adding Arizona State, that gets you to 15. Would you just leave it at 15 and have like three pods of five? UConn, or would you add a come 16? on down. Okay, UConn. Gonzaga, come okay. on down. Well, what if you just added all of the Pac-12s? What if you said all come aboard? <laughs> all are welcome. And then but go then, to but your then again, Then you just go back to two divisions of... <laughs> what if the Big 12 was on the forefront and said, we're going to be the first ones to do it? Maybe. Innovative. I don't know. So you it's, add your... But it's not innovative. It's actually the opposite of innovative. <laughs> You're doing the same yeah, thing. that's true. It's going back. But it's it's... It's making old look new, I guess. <laughs> All right, uh, we got to take a timeout. Alyssa Burnoff uh, of Boys and Girls Club is going to talk the celebrity softball game next. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back in on Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson here on KLWN. And me and Nick are excited because we're going to be out at the uh, celebrity softball game tomorrow right here in Lawrence. Game being put on by the Boys and Girls Club of Lawrence. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it goes to a great cause. So we have Alyssa Burnuff joining us here who works with the Boys and Girls Club helping put on this game that uh, now, you know, it's it's an annual tradition at this point because we have we have multiple years of this going off. Uh, but obviously it's more than just the softball game with stuff going on right now too. So, Alyssa, thanks for joining us today. I know it's uh, obviously busy and everything, but if you could take us through everything you guys have going on from right now through this weekend and how people can support the action. 
Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be on. Thank you so much for having me, Derek. And uh, thank you for being out there tomorrow. You and Nick are going to provide a certain little joie de vivre that only the two of you can on the mic and the PA sound booth. So we appreciate you so much. Um, we are going to have like back-to-back events that we call our Celebrity Softball Weekend. And that can be a little confusing because it does sound like a tournament when we say weekend, but there really is just one game. So the big game day is tomorrow at Rock Chalk Park, like you said. And then tonight, um, my other half, Lizzie, and I are actually at Abe and Jake's uh, getting ready for our Fan Fest fundraiser. And that is kind of the... Um, what you think of a more like traditional nonprofit event will be in the fancy clothes and we'll have a delicious menu and drinks and all the ways to um, bid on like silent auction items. And we'll have like a really cool raffle going on. Um, and then we actually get to hear from some of our celebrities who will take the stage and talk, talk about why uh, Boys and Girls Club is, is something that they want to support. And a lot of them will talk about why, um, what they loved about Boys and Girls Club when they attended, um, either just a couple years ago or maybe a few more years ago than that. So that's a really cool thing that, that we get to hear from our celebrities, and that will be tonight. And obviously it all goes to a good cause, helping fund a lot of stuff with the Boys and Girls Club throughout the year. So what ways do the proceeds and the funds of this event, everything that's raised, ticket sales, all that sort of stuff, uh, go to the Boys and Girls Club? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked that. So we charge um, weekly fees at all of our elementary programs, and um, we want kids and families to be able to utilize our program no matter what. So we do a lot. We offer scholarships to our families, so that way their kiddos can attend, even if they're not able to pay the weekly fees. And uh, the biggest part of this weekend, it really helps us fund those scholarships to make sure that even if... um, kiddos maybe can't take care of those fees we want to make sure that they always have access to the club so the number one thing that that this weekend's funds support is creating those scholarships for our kiddos so we cannot thank people enough for being involved and and raising money for for this great cause and the game again is tomorrow at six o'clock. You can come on out. You can watch the game. I'm, I'm sure a lot of the you know former athletes who are going to be there are going to be very amenable to I don't know taking pictures, signing autographs, whatever it is that, that you're looking for. Have you have you thought of it all? I know the the roster can be an ever changing landscape. People you know have having stuff go on and, and whatnot. Uh, some last minute fun additions. But have you thought at all about maybe who the early favorite to be MVP or, or a couple of the the players to watch out for uh, are going to be of tomorrow's game? Um, you know what? We have had our Langston Hughes unit director. His name is Jason Mailer. He has been the MVP the last two years. So <laughs> he is somebody that I would maybe not think of like a classic household name celebrity. But if you've been a part of this game and you've been able to participate as a celebrity or just be out there to watch, you know who Jason is. So <laughs> he hit like three home runs last year. He has like web gem like catches in center field. So I've always got to slate him as an, as an early favorite. Um, Daryl Stuckey, he was one of our last-minute additions. He's actually going to be out there, and this is his second game in a row. He played last year, and he hit two bombs last year. So he's phenomenal. Um, I'm sure that Travis Goff, like, he's probably swinging a big bat, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Nancy hit a dinger or two. She is a college athlete. She's awesome. I definitely think that they're going to be super athletic and ready to roll. But then our, our C, the CEK side has a lot of great athletes, too. Um, Kylie Kapadich, she was a, one of the 1,000-point scorers for KU's women's basketball team. And, well, little-known fact, she was an intern at the Boys and Girls Club's marketing department for a little while. So I think she's going to be awesome. 
Uh, we're we're so excited to have both the police chief and the fire chief there. So I bet both of them are going to be pretty stellar too. So really across the board, I just think we're going to have some some great athletes. All right. So if between the two football players from the Orange Bowl team, sounds like Daryl Stuckey might be the favorite to to hit more home runs than BMAC. You know what? BMAC was injured <laughs> last year, so that really was not his fault. He hit a grand slam in the first year. Okay. So I. I tell you what, that is like a pretty stacked lineup. So BMAC and Daryl are both injury-free and swinging their bat. I mean, it's going to be tough. It's, it's going to be a lot of homers. And one thing that fans might watch out for that there's going to be going on during the game, the home run raffle that's going to be going on, could, could you take us through uh, what that entails? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So this is, I would say, we're going to have to get a – real strike of luck to make this happen but there's a really cool sign right at center field that there's a there's a hole in the sign and if one of our celebrities hits a home run directly into that hole then anybody who buys a ticket for that home run raffle will pick like a um a raffle ticket each inning our ceo will announce who the potential winner of the inning will be at the start of each inning and if a home run is hit into that hole then whoever monica called out that person will win a car okay so sounds like a great it deal. is cool <laughs> yeah. yes now as far as when you're picking I, I don't know who does necessarily if it's if it's yourself how do you go about organizing the rosters and, and trying to balance out the rosters and putting together the two different teams and figuring out i don't know positions where they're playing how does that all come together from your end of things <laughs> that part is a bit of a um, it's an adventure a little bit because of course we recruit celebrities who, you know, sometimes like, uh, want to be on the same team or sometimes they clearly don't want to be on the same team and that <laughs> makes it fun too. So it's really fun to like, you know, say, okay, we've got a football player over here and we you know, we've got BMAC on one side and we've got Daryl on the other side. That's super fun. Um, so we try to balance it to make sure one team isn't just way overpowered, of course. But then we also don't always know how comfortable they are playing softball. So I try to check in with them a little bit in advance. But honestly, their schedules are so crazy, too, that I usually just ask them in that, like, 30 minutes before the game, okay, I've got – we're thinking about putting you at shortstop. Is that going to be okay with you? And that's their chance to be like, oh, yeah, no way. Or, heck, yeah, I was planning on playing there. Put me in, coach. The only ones that I make sure in advance – like well in advance are okay are the pitchers because I sure wouldn't want to stand out there and pitch without somebody giving me a heads up about that. So I do recruit the pitchers ahead of time, like make sure that they're comfortable in the circle. Okay, so it's going to be the same pitcher for, for both teams basically the entirety of the game. Will, will that be Christy Ambrosi for, for one of the teams? You know, it won't. Um, okay. Christy being that softball gold medalist, I believe she's going to be the shortstop. She is pretty comfortable anywhere but would rather not be a pitcher. So we've got on grandstand, Julius Leary has been grandstand's pitcher now for three years running. He's a slow pitch guy. He play, He's a pitcher in his league, so he feels good with it. And then Anthony Harvey is going to pitch for the CK Batitudes, and that was really just out of the goodness of his heart. <laughs> well, that's kind of him. We've, we've called a lot of Anthony's games when he was uh, back at Lawrence High. Um, now, oh, yeah. I, I'm not trying to accuse going back to the rosters here of, of anyone imbalancing these rosters, but the team with Christy Ambrosi also has a literal dog on the same team. To me, that makes them the heavy favorite. I mean, you are right. I 
how could I forget uh, talking about the dude being a potential favorite? Because <laughs> he's going to be out there showing off his skills in between innings, catching some frisbees um, with his dog dad, Derek. Well, actually, his human dad, excuse me. <laughs> and um, they'll be out there, like, showing their stuff. And I'm not sure. It'll, we'll really have to see if, if the dude is able to uh, handle what's hopefully a little bit less heat, but you know, he's got, he, he's wearing a thicker jersey than the rest of them. Mm-hmm, that's for sure. Uh, do you have a favorite moment from the past couple of years of running this event, whether it was something that happened in the game or, I don't know, just uh, having fun with some of the people, charitable donation from somebody, a- anything that sticks out about a favorite moment in the past of, of doing this? Um, that's a great question. I would say one of the things that is a, that really sticks out as a favorite moment is I did not realize until he stood up to give a speech last year that Mark Bueller was one of the like founding members of Boys and Girls Club here in Lawrence. Um, uh, to me, like to get to hear celebrities like go on stage and like you know they've been wonderful sponsors and wonderfully generous to us, and that's really where I got to learn that he is so invested in the club because he was literally one of the people that helped get it started. To me, that was a really cool, like full circle moment about somebody who believes in it so much that all these years later, he's still here, like donating and being a part of something like this. That was a, that was a really, really special moment to me. All right. So again, the game is tomorrow at six o'clock. How can people still support anything that's going on today or over this weekend? How can people help out, whether it's you know donating, going to the events, if, if you could take us through that? Oh, of course. Okay, so the easiest way, and you guys have been doing such a phenomenal job of letting people know on the airwaves and our commercials, is to go to the event website. So it's kind of a mouthful. So um, it is softball23.givesmart.com. But like most everything, we've got it all over our social media. So it is our, if you go to our Instagram at BGCLK, it's our link. It is all over our Facebook page right now, which is also BGCLK. We try to keep that very, very um, simple to remember. So BGCLK.org, it's clearly on there too. So um, as much as we would love to have you in person, it's totally okay. If, If you're not able to make it, you can bid or donate from wherever you are. And we're very fortunate to have um, Jim Bly and some friends from Uclick TV who actually do it as a, um, a live stream tomorrow. We kind of keep that um, publicity a little bit under wraps just because we want people to be able to be there in person. But he does make that possible for people who are out of state and, and stuff like that. So we'll have all that information on our – it's on Facebook, and it is uh, definitely on our website. So if you are able to participate and check out that link, you can see all of our celebrities, all of our auction items. Um, frequently asked questions are on there because Miss Lizzie just really makes it very easy for people. So that's a wonderful resource. Yeah, and uh, if you if you can't make it out and you want to watch online, maybe make a game for yourself. Every home run hit, you donate five dollars, or, or you know, every hey! little bit helps, right? Do something fun. That would be my recommendation. Yeah, um, now, that's what, a great idea. Well, what way can people get tickets? Is there going to be ticket sales at the door? Do you have to get them online? How does that work? So glad that you asked. So you can get them online in all those ways that I just uh, re- just referenced, but you can also just come right up to um, Rock Shock Park tomorrow, and we, they will be for sale at the door. We'll be able to take credit cards or cash. So we are 
absolutely. If you decide last minute, hey, I got to be there, we will be there waiting for you. Okay, that makes it easy for everyone. Well, Alyssa, I appreciate taking some time out of your busy day here and uh, look forward to being on on any way we can, helping out tomorrow with the uh, Celebrity Softball game, and uh, see you tomorrow. Thank you, Derek, so much. Thanks. That was Alyssa Burnoff of the Boys and Girls Club joining us ahead of the Celebrity Softball game. Again, me and Nick are going to be there doing some uh, PA work, and there's going to be all sorts of great celebrities, players at the event. I mean, the roster is is a deep roster. Um, obviously, it was unfortunate I, I don't know if this had an impact on the I, I'm sure it did that obviously you have less uh, players you can possibly get because KU ended up being in Puerto Rico like I know Brian Haney's been a part of this I don't know if you know you could have some of those other people uh, related with KU basketball whether it's staff or or whatever uh, be a part of this unfortunately that unable to be the case because they are in Puerto Rico but um you still get a lot of uh, really cool people that are going to be attending this event. And and like I said, um, a lot of these people are going to be, you know, in, in a great mood to sign autographs, take pictures uh, with you. Uh, it's going to be a fun game. The celebrity game, it's at six tomorrow at a Rocha ballpark in Lawrence over at Rock Chalk Park. Again, some of the, uh, the, the celebrities, I guess, that stick out. There's a lot of business owners, too, which we appreciate them for being a part of this, too. But uh, the dude, which is the Kansas City Disc Dogs, it's, it's an actual dog, Christy Ambrose. Rosie, former 2000 Team USA softball gold medalist, Kylie Kopadich, who was mentioned um, by Alyssa there, Tyshawn Taylor, scheduled to be there, Anthony Harvey, Keon Stowers, former KU football player, scheduled to be there, uh, Niels Nielsen, former KU volleyball assistant coach, now the Baker University volleyball coach, uh, Jamar Reese is going to be their assistant coach with uh, Free State, and then on uh, another one of the teams, you end up with Daryl Stuckey. And his wife being on the teams, you have uh, Brandon McAnderson on one of the teams. Travis Goff and, and his wife are going to be on one of the teams. So uh, it's going to be a celebrity fun-filled event that uh, we're certainly looking forward to. And you can come say hi to us if you are. Clint Bowen's going to be there. So uh, definitely recommend it. It's for a great cause. Again, tomorrow at 6 over to Rocha Ballpark in Lawrence at Rock Chalk Park. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. One hour down, two to go. We have two RCST trivia matchups today. we got a KU Football Friday question. We've got Florida Man Mad Libs coming up in the 5 o'clock hour to kind of uh, send you out into the week with hopefully a smile. This is RCST, Rock Chalk Sports Talk. You're listening on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. Depend on it. Four o'clock hour. Welcome in to the RCST football trivia portion of the show here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson, and uh, we have three ranked teams going today. We have three of our top six going today. Ryan Goodwin, Skinner, Weninger, uh, which is top six matchup. It's our, I, I think, best ranked matchup of the week. Isaac Henderson, who is uh, ranked third, going to be going up against Taylor Morgan a little after that. RCST Football Trivia brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Jayhawk Trophy, Johnny's Tavern, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. Uh, check out 23rd Street Brewery with dine-in, carry-out, catering, all available. They have their outdoor patio where you can enjoy the warm weather. Try the Bill Self Mac and Cheese, Haney Turkey Stack, any of the other great menu items. And don't forget about the 23rd Street Brewery beer, which you can get to go with their Crowlers. So, I mean, anytime you have a top six matchup, high expectations. Yeah, this is this matchup has a lot of interesting storylines. You have Ryan Goodwin, who won his game by default last yeah. week. His opponent didn't show up. And again, he, he did have up, a good point he total. He still put yeah. up 10 points, and, he, and that might have been good enough for him to still win the game. Mm-hmm. Had his opponent showed up, but still, there is that question, right? You have to have you have to ask the question in the back of your mind. 
versus Skinner. And man, Skinner might be my favorite guy in this whole competition. <laughs> he's just he's just awesome. He's he got stories, such, knowledge for days. Yeah, he's got such interesting little yeah. nuggets. He's he's clearly a, a devoted KU football fan and, and always has interesting things to say and is just a really great guy. And so uh, th- that's part of it is interesting, right? And he's a guy who jumped up into the top six because of some of that some of that knowledge he he showed last week. Uh, and so this is a this is an interesting matchup of. I don't know if unknown is the right word, but for Ryan Goodwin, you know, certainly he hasn't quite been battle-tested yet because of that first matchup and how it went for him and his opponent not showing up versus Skinner, who I think clearly has a deep, deep well of knowledge that he can draw upon for KU football. So I'm I'm actually very, very excited for this matchup. All right, well, let's uh, be done waiting. Here's the first matchup. So we have a, a top... 10 matchup, a top six matchup. Uh, I was actually told this is where college game day is this week. Number five, Ryan Goodwin against number six, Skinner Wenninger. And uh, Skinner in his trivia debut, pumping up into the top six. Ryan returning to the top five where he was for a good amount of uh, last year in this event. Now we get you two facing off against one another. Uh, So Ryan, thoughts on your week one performance in scoring 10 points, kind of getting a uh, no-show victory, but still having a good performance and, and what you're going to be prepared to do here in week two. Uh, you know, you said I, I put up a decent performance, but, you know, there was no pressure on me because obviously my opponent wasn't able to make it. And, um, you know, the worst part of the program having me is, you know, Matt Tate this week comes on the radio and compliments me. So, you know, I, I do a lot better when he when he's on my case. So we'll, we'll see how we do this week. Well, Skinner, you had quite the trivia debut last week. How you feeling about your first week of action and, and what you have the potential to do here in week two and moving forward? Uh, just like the album by Loverboy. I got lucky and <laughs> I don't want to be ranked. I want to be in the bottom 10. Okay. You want to be number one at the end of the year, not right now, basically. Uh, now, this is a, a non-conference matchup. So Ryan's 1-0 in the Johnny's Tavern Conference. Skinner's 1-0 in the Neighborhood Porch Conference. Uh, but whoever wins this one, you, you start 2-0. You're looking good for, at the very least, getting in at large berth, even if you can't finish out the uh, conference end of things. Uh, but that said, uh, Skinner, you are technically the lower seed here at number six. So I'm going to give you the option. Do you want heads or tails on the coin? Heads. All right. It is heads. So you can go first or second. Give me a second. All right, so that means, Ryan, you're going to start things off here. We'll start in the first quarter play, first of our four quarters. These are the easy points. They are worth three points. Ryan, your first question. Trailing 37-33 to 33 to Missouri in 2008, the Jayhawks got a, 20, or got a touchdown with 27 seconds left to take the lead and earn the win. Who threw the touchdown pass? That would be the great Todd Reasing. That was the great Todd Reasing. And a quick follow-up to that question is your first question, Skinner, for three points. On that same play, Kansas down 37-33 to Missouri, 08. They get a touchdown with 27 seconds left to eventually win the game. What wide receiver was on the receiving end of that touchdown pass from Todd Reesing? I'd rather had uh, Ryan's question, but I'm going with Kerry Meyer. (laughs) Kerry Meyer is correct. And both of you guys on the board here, 3-3 three to three is the score after the first quarter of play. We're heading into quarter number two. These are the medium questions. They're worth six points. Ryan, a former All-Big 12 defensive lineman, James McClinton, had one interception in his career. It came in a 2007 Big 12 North matchup against who? 
I believe that was the Nebraska game. Correct answer is Colorado. The Buffaloes is the right one there. Okay, Skinner, you got a chance to take the lead into the halftime break. Your question. A former All-Big 12 wide receiver, Kerry Meyer, had his career high, 16 catches, 142 yards, and two touchdowns in a 2009 Big 12 North matchup against who? Repeat the question. Former All-Big 12 receiver, Kerry Meyer, had his career high of 16 catches to go along with 142 yards, two touchdowns in a 2009 matchup against what Big 12 North opponent? It's it's just a guess, a crapshoot. Iowa State. Well, that was a good guess on the crapshoot. Iowa State is the correct answer, and that's uh, sometimes the luck of the draw. You never know. There is a little bit of fumble luck involved in some of these games. You take a 9-3 to lead into the second half, Skinner. All right, into the hard round. Ryan, this one is worth seven points. Take the lead. Ryan, this Jayhawk wide receiver excelled also on special teams defense, totaling 27 catches compared to 19 tackles and two forced fumbles between the 2013 and 2014 seasons. Hmm. Ten seconds. The only name that's coming to mind is Trey Parmley. I know that's not right. Correct answer is the former Oklahoma transfer, Justin McKay. Didn't necessarily live up to the the five-star billing as a receiver, but he was actually a good uh, special teams gunner. Okay, Skinner, if you hit this question, you secure the uh, week two victory here. Otherwise, you're going to give Ryan a chance on a really hard question. Skinner, your question. This Jayhawk played running back, linebacker, and defensive line in his career from 2009 to 2012. Angus Quigley. Angus Quigley, I think I heard uh, from Brandon McAnderson. He told us once on the show that he was basically Adrian Peterson in practice. The correct answer on this one is Tobin Operum. Tobin Oprum played all over the field. All right, so Ryan, that gives you life here. If you can hit this really hard, you go out in front in the fourth quarter with some drama because this is worth eight points and you're trailing nine to three. Ryan, name this Jayhawk who tied the school record for most tackles in one game with 25 of them on October 22nd of 1988 against Iowa State. Curtis Moore. Woo! Curtis Moore is the correct answer. Ryan with a big hit in the fourth quarter. And just like that, the pressure is now on you, Skinner, because you trail 11-9. Let's see if you can hit a really hard to go right back in front and win this matchup. Skinner, your really hard question. Name this Jayhawk who tied the school record for most tackles by a defensive lineman in one game with 15 of them in 1994 against Oklahoma. Repeat the question. 
Name this Jayhawk who set the school record, tied the school record for tackles in a game by a defensive lineman. He had 15 of them in 1994 against Oklahoma. 94, correct? Yes, yes. Five seconds. Bob, something out there. Dana Stubblefield. That's a good guess because that's in that 90s era. The correct answer, though, is Sylvester Wright. If that name rings a bell for either of you guys, Sylvester Wright with 15 tackles as a defensive lineman. That is a heck of a matchup there with kind of the back-and-forth drama. Ryan, by hitting a really hard there, I guess, first of all, how did you know Curtis Moore? And second of all, do you feel like that is vindication or, I don't know, confirmation of your ranking and and that, you know, last week wasn't a fluke? Uh. Curtis Moore, actually, like I, I remember him watching him play the the mid '80s, the mid '90s. I always feel like is my hot spot, um, and so I actually remember watching him play growing up. Uh, so I, I was at a lot of those games, and we we're you know two and nine, and and not doing a lot of stuff in, in the Valicente and then the early Glenn Mason era. So um, yeah, so I, I I don't feel like I that one was pure luck for from my standpoint, but. Skinnerd, would you have known the answer to the Curtis Moore one if the questions would have come up differently? Yes, I knew it, mm. but uh, I want to ask uh, Ryan this. So let's see how good you are. Curtis Moore got hurt the following year, blew his knee out. Who replaced him at middle linebacker and led the conference in tackles? 89. 89, 89. Damn, I think you stumped me on this one. Um, the only guy I can think of is Lance Flashbarth from that era, but I think he was, he was more on the outside. Yeah, he was an in. Yeah. It was my cousin, Roger Robin. Oh, okay. I should have known that because I listened to your game last week. <laughs> See, there we go. It all ties together. That's a cool one there, Skinner. You, you will get bonus points for knowing something like that for uh, maybe the rankings. Your, I don't know, your swag rating, I guess, so to speak. Um, Ryan, would you have known the uh, Sylvester Wright one? I was debating actually between Sylvester Wright and Kyle Moore. So, but I, I probably would have guessed Kyle Moore. Okay. Well, either way, that's a great matchup. Both of you guys are uh, obviously very deserving of your ranking, deserving to be playoff teams. Obviously, more work to do to, you know, secure all those types of things. But great matchup, guys. We appreciate you both being a part of this and be flexible with the schedule. And uh, we'll see you both next week. Thanks, Man, Thanks. Wow. Always great when you have like the last Man. second polls, the last second hits where yeah. that's what changes the game. Yeah. It's just dramatic. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really, really good hit from Ryan. And and I love seeing guys. I think one of my favorite parts about this competition, and we saw it in basketball too, is you see guys who have different strengths in different areas of knowledge, right? Like for Ryan Goodwin, he mentioned how that 80s time period, because he went to a lot of games when he was growing up and that late 80s, early 90s time period works really well for him. Whereas for other contestants, that might be a weakness, right? They might be mm-hmm. stronger in other areas. So I, I love that. Uh, that was a really, really good hit and uh, very, very impressive. And But still, there's no question that Skinner, I think, is a very, very formidable opponent. And uh, I would not be shocked to see him making the playoffs because he, he definitely has a, has a really, really strong knowledge. But that was a really exciting matchup. And, yeah, anytime you can kind of hit it going away like that, if you're Ryan, that's, that's a good feeling. And Ryan now, uh, beyond the 2-0 record, he has the most points in his division, which will be good. He does play Brad, who, you know, he's going to be going for revenge against Brad next week. Brad going to, you know, try to beat him again, and and that could change how the division goes there with Blake, Ryan, and Brad. Uh, From Skinner's perspective, you know, he could obviously still lose next week to uh, Ryan Brown. 
which is the final divisional matchup. Ben Wilson's one and one in the division. Ryan Brown's zero and one. Skinner's one and zero in the division. To where, because that was a non-conference one. To where, if Ryan beats Skinner, it'd be a three-way tie at one and one. But here is what Skinner has set himself up to do the first two weeks. The tiebreaker, if all three teams are one and one, is total points, and that includes the non-conference matchup. Ben has six points. Ryan has six points. I should mention total points in regulation. Overtime points is a tiebreaker beyond that. Um, Skinner has 18. So I think Skinner's in a very good spot where if he yeah. just hits his easy next week, even if he loses to Ryan, unless Ryan scores 16 at that point, he's got a great look at winning the division at the very yeah. least. Yeah. And again, if you win the division, you're automatically in the playoff. Yeah. And a top eight seed. Yeah. Yeah. So you're hosting. In the bowl game, I guess. RCST Trivia uh, is brought to you by RCS or uh, by Jayhawk Trophy, excuse me, 23rd Street Brewery, Johnny's Tavern, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. Check out Jayhawk Trophy with custom awards and engraving experts in Lawrence. They can get any job you need done from your trophies to your plaques to engravements on special gear and merchandise. They've got all sorts of different trinkets you can go check out in store or online with Jayhawk Trophy. I should mention again, here are our prizes for all this. Everybody who has entered is receiving an RCST football t-shirt from uh, Lawrence Shirt Factory, a free McDonald's breakfast sandwich, a free McDonald's small McCafe frappe. The 12 who make the playoffs are getting a $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery. The 8 who make the quarterfinals are getting a $25 gift card to Johnny's Tavern, a Mr. D's auto wash free car wash with a $14 value, one free small shake, one free medium frozen beverage, and one free lunch or dinner sandwich from McDonald's. The four who make the semifinals are getting an RCST engraved water bottle or tumbler from Jayhawk Trophy, a $25 gift card to McDonald's. The two in the title game are getting another $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery, another free small shake, one free medium frozen beverage, and one free lunch or dinner sandwich from McDonald's. The champion is getting the championship trophy from Jayhawk Trophy and another $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery. Uh, all these prizes stack. So if you win it all, at that point, you would have... $75 of 23rd Street Brewery gift cards. You would have a trophy. You would have all sorts of free stuff to McDonald's. You'd have a $25 gift card to McDonald's, $25 gift card to Johnny's. Uh, you'd have T-shirt, like all these awards stack up. And, and again, we are still kind of trying to tighten, maybe adding a few more things for the uh, championship prize. So we'll get there if we get there. All right, we have uh, one more trivia matchup coming up next. It's between third-ranked Isaac Henderson and Taylor Morgan. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We continue on with our second RCST trivia matchup of the day here. We've got third-ranked Isaac Henderson taking on Taylor Morgan uh, coming up shortly here. RCST football trivia is brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Jayhawk Trophy, Johnny's Tavern, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. Uh, did you know it's the 70th year anniversary here this year of Johnny's Tavern? And they have all sorts of great specials coming your way wherever your local Johnny's is from the original location in North Lawrence, where you can be a part of the neighborhood porch, all the way to the new 13 locations of Johnny's from Topeka to the newest store in Raymore, Missouri. Try all the great food, whether it's a slice of pizza, whole pie, uh, Johnny Wilson burger, uh, sweet potato fries, buffalo chicken dip, put the Wilson sauce on everything because it'll make everything better in life. Dude, that um, sounds so good. It is good. And uh, try the new blue collar lager too. It's a beer only getting that you can only get at Johnny's that is brewed by uh, Free State Brewing Company. So Isaac had had quite the uh, first performance last week. Meanwhile, yep. Taylor lost in a close one in overtime. He could easily be one and zero, and he lost in overtime to Jackson, who beat Michael Plank. So maybe this is going to be a really good matchup. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Well, I was going to say. Do you think it's safe to say that that Isaac is the favorite to win the whole tournament right now? Mm. So Michael Plank lost. 
Yeah. And who was the other? I think it's Blake guy? Farrell. I think it Blake has to be Blake okay, Farrell. Yeah, Blake, yeah. He's number one. He has the most points. He's the only one who's in the 30s so far yeah. in total points. That's true. I think it's Blake. But yeah, Isaac's. I, he's got to be up there at this point in time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's number three. Number two guy lost. If he if Isaac wins today, he'll be at least number two, maybe mm-hmm. number one, depending on how impressive a performance he puts on. So yeah, this is an exciting matchup. Uh, I'm very curious to see how Taylor follows up that first matchup. You know, that went to multiple overtimes. Is there any fatigue? Is mm. the fatigue factor playing in? You know, is that you helpful? Play a, you get extra. You play reps. a long game on a Saturday night, and then you got to fly back home on Sunday, and then you got to do it all over again the next week. That could that could wear on you. It does mentally. It's draining. All right. Well, uh, let's find out who our winner is going to be. Let's get into the matchup. This is our second and final trivia matchup of the day and, and of this week. We still have one uh, week two matchup that we unfortunately couldn't get rescheduled this week. But uh, third ranked Isaac Henderson versus Taylor Morgan. And uh, Isaac had quite the trivia debut last week for football, going from rank 10th all the way to rank third. He received a first place vote. Taylor, meanwhile, had a, a tough loss, lost in, in multiple overtimes to Jackson in the first week of the season. Taylor, I want to start with you. Uh, after having that long of an overtime matchup, are the players rested? Is everybody, fa- I don't know, fatigued? Are, are you ready to go here for week two? Yeah, yeah. We're, uh, you know, got a chance to, to rest the brain a little bit after all those uh, questions. And, uh, you know, we watched the tape and, and listened back through and now we're ready to roll. Isaac, going from number 10 to number three, that is a pretty meteoric rise. I think you rose in the rankings more than anybody else did in week one. Do you feel any pressure associated with that now? Definitely more pressure. I think I came in, um, you know, it's kind of a wild card, and then and then you have one performance, and they, they jump you a bunch of stops that uh, spots. Excuse me. They uh, more pressure comes with that number. I don't necessarily think it gives you much of an advantage, or if it's justified considering uh, really went two for two. But um, I guess guess we'll see how, how justified it is here this week. Well, Isaac, if you win this matchup, you clinch the engraving experts conference, and then at that point. Taylor and Kyle behind you would be fighting for at-large bids as opposed to winning the conference. Taylor, if you win this one, you keep it open that both you and Kyle could uh, still win it. So you're not just rooting for yourself here. So is Kyle Coffey if he's uh, listening from afar. All right. Well, uh, Taylor, you're the unranked team, so I'm going to give you the option here on the coin. Do you want heads or tails? I'll go tails. Tails it is. It is tails. Would you like to go first or second? Wow. Um, I'll go second. Okay, Isaac, you're going to start things off in the first quarter. These will be worth three points for the easy round. Isaac, in Kansas's 2022 season opening win against Tennessee Tech, what starting running back led the team with 108 rushing yards, doing so on just four carries? I believe that was Devin Neal. Yep, Devin Neal is the right answer. Very light load in that first game, but that's all they needed, four carries from 108. All right, Taylor, your first question in the easy round. In KU's 2022 season opening win against Tennessee Tech, what star defensive end led the team with three sacks? I'll go Lonnie Phelps. That's right. That was pretty apparent after that first game that KU had something in the transfer from Miami of Ohio in Lonnie Phelps. Okay, back to you, Isaac. We are tied 3-3 three to three as we head into the second quarter of play. These are now worth six points in our medium round. Isaac, year one of the Mark Mangino era was 2002. How many games did Kansas win? Uh, They won two games. They did win two games in the year one. It was just like Lance Leipold in year one and in year two in terms of following the track record there. Okay, Taylor, 
Your question here in the medium round worth six points. 2004 was year three of Mark Mangino. How many games did they win in 2004? I believe it was six. Andrew No, they won six the second year. Year three, it was just four in year two or year three. Okay, that's all right. You still got chances to make up for it. We're going to go back to you, Isaac. This is now into the hard round of questions in the third quarter. You lead nine to three, and this is worth seven points. In KU's 2005 regular season finale win over Iowa State, what Jayhawk nailed the game-winning field goal in overtime? It was a field goal? Yes. Uh, is it Beck? No, this one is Scott Webb. The right answer there. All right, well, that gives you an opening here, Taylor. If you can hit this question, you would take the lead headed into the fourth quarter. Following the regular season, Kansas pasted Houston in the 2005 Fort Worth Bowl, 42-13. to They began the game with an 85-yard punt return touchdown by who? Oh, man. Um, 10 seconds. I was at the game, too. Uh, was it? Um, Mark Simmons. The correct answer there is Brian Murph. Brian Murph was the right one there. All right. Nine to three. Isaac, you can clinch the win if you can hit this really hard question. You're one for one on really hard so far. Let's see if you can make it two for two. Kansas lost 35 to seven to Missouri in 2010. With one catch for 11 yards, what Jayhawk led the team in receiving yards that day? Oh. Damon Patterson. Correct one this time is Jonathan Wilson. Just 11 yards to lead the way in receiving. No wonder they lost by 28 points. Okay. Taylor, you got another shot. All right. Steal the game here in the fourth. Taylor, your question. Kansas held off a late 21 to nothing fourth quarter charge from Southeast Missouri State to win their 2014 season opener, thanks in part to a team high 121 rushing yards from who? Is it James Sims? Nope, the correct answer on this one was a uh, a former backup and JUCO transfer. DeAndre Mann was the right one there. DeAndre Mann. All right, but in the end, Isaac, you come through with your second victory, 9-3, to the final score here. Uh, any questions you look back on, whether it's ones that you got or, or your opponent got, that you're like, oh, I wish I would have had that one or, or I wish I would have hit that one? Uh, the, the, the kicker one, I was thinking Webb, obviously, from the Orange Bowl year, but thought maybe it was before he was the primary, but... 
Uh, I mean, for the most part, there. I mean, it's just they said they, they, those those middle rounds. They're they're coin flips that you just hope that you get right. Yeah, Taylor, is there a question you look back on that that you're most dreading that you couldn't hit this time? Uh, uh man, I really actually I was ready with that web one. I wish I would have got that. Mm. That's a that's red, but you know I, that wasn't one of the cards dealt to me. Uh, the Brian Murph one I should have got. I went to that game with my dad, and it was awesome. So I, it's my fault for not knowing that. That's all right. Sometimes the timer gets on you. It, you know, it, it certainly makes things difficult. Well, you still got another week to go to, you know, put through that victory. But Isaac, congratulations. You have clinched your division, your conference, the Engraving Experts Conference. Uh, and because of that, you are guaranteed a spot in the playoff. But you're still going to want to win next week to try to secure that top four seed in the uh, bye. Thank you guys both for joining this thing. We'll see you for uh, the final week of the regular season next week. Thank you. So Isaac comes through. With the victory, nine to three, yeah, uh, not quite as impressive as, as week one for uh-huh. Isaac. Um, points wise, it's not a huge difference, but anytime you hit the really hard, but yeah, still Isaac was good pretty enough. vulnerable today. Yep, uh, this was not a great matchup for him. Taylor, I thought gave it his best shot, played pretty well. Uh, it sounds like he maybe maybe should have had that hard question that would have given him the win with uh, Brian Murph, which that's a bit unfortunate, uh, you know. But but still a, a valiant effort nonetheless. And with Isaac now. Unsurprisingly, he's already locked himself up into the playoffs and could be looking for a top four seed. Remember, since it's a 12-team playoff, if you're in the top four, you get a first-round bye. I mean, that's pretty significant. Very. That's, that's, that could be huge, right? So that means next week is going to have a lot of determining for not just who wins their divisions, but yeah, who gets those top four seeds, which as you mentioned, I mean, that's basically an automatic playoff win. Like yes. that, that is so critical in this event. Yeah. And he set himself up well. We have three teams who have clinched their division already. Blake Farrell. Kyle Martin and Isaac Henderson. They've clinched their division. They know they'll be in the playoffs. They know they'll be top eight seeds. But, yeah, who's going to get that top four seed uh, is going to be a question. All of our other divisions, though, are open in some level or another, which means yeah, we're going to have a wacky week. Very exciting. Week. Very yes. exciting. That means there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of very important matchups that have a lot of determination on how things shake out. So mm-hmm. looking forward to it. It's just like, you know, that last week of NFL football season or even in, at the college level where – that last week still determines who's going to make it in, who's going to who's going to be out on the outside. So it should be very, very exciting. We'll have our top 10 released. We'll send out a, a tweet at RCST1320 over the weekend. Later tonight, we'll send out the uh, the screenshot with, with the standings so everybody can take a look at those. And we'll also release what the uh, the playoff field. For what it's worth, I, I have had some people asking me. They, they don't totally know the format. So we have eight divisions. Yep. Every division winner gets so eight divisions, a top eight seed. Eight divisions of three. Exactly. Every division winner makes the playoff, they get a top eight seed. There are four other playoff spots up for grabs. Those are just that large spots. The next four best, right? Could come from a bunch of different divisions. We could maybe get a division where we get all three teams. I don't know. It's possible. Um, how the divisions are determined, it's just conference record. So that's why the teams who are 2-0 and in conference play have clinched their division. For at-larges, it's going to go to overall record first. So most likely 2-1. and one. We'll see if a 1-2 and two team sneaks in there, but most likely 2-1. and one. Um, and then if there are multiple two and one teams tied, um, it'll go to total points. Yeah. So basically, the total. if there's like six two and one teams, it'll be the four with the most with the most. Points. Yes. And I'm not. We're not going to go through the process of being like, oh, well, two of the teams that are in that tiebreaker of six, one of them beat the other, and how's that going to apply for the? No, it's just going to all be total points because it gets sticky when you have that many teams that are tied for it. Yeah. If it's just two teams I'm, tied, I'm bad at math and I don't yeah. have to deal with that stuff. Well, if it's just two teams tied, I'm I'm fine using the head to head, but otherwise, total points is going to be the big tiebreaker. 
Um, and then how it's going to work is the top four get the first round by uh, the four at larges will be nine through 12 seeds. They'll play against the four lowest division winners, and then they'll advance on through our uh, different bowl games and our playoff picture. And we have all our prizes that we're going to be giving out as, as part of it. Everybody already getting a prize for being a part of this, but yeah, still a lot to be determined. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, far. that's why we've been talking about how important it is still to just get questions, right? Like even if you lose a game, if you score a lot of points in that game, it's still uh, it's it can still be viewed almost as a win because it's going to come down to that to that point total, right? So if you if you're able to consistently put up good amounts of points, maybe even if you do catch somebody on a hot streak and you lose a game, but if you've got all those points accumulated, that'll be good enough to get you in. Yeah, and we still have one week two matchup that we didn't get to to do this week. Eric Hansy, Kevin Coker, there were there were some scheduling conflicts for both of them, so we're going to try to double down this next week and, and have them play yeah, two in and, the same an week. An earthquake hit one of their stadiums, and so <laughs> right. massive reconstruction. Everybody's okay, but yeah, they've got to reconfigure fine, stuff. Yeah. Um, so that that could have an impact on on certain things. Like if Eric wins that matchup, he clinches the division too. Uh, but that'll just add to to what happens next week. Um, I will say though, it, it is very stacked together in terms of those total points. So Blake Farrell has thirty three points. That is the most. Again, Eric had sixteen in week one. Who's to say he can't get to thirty after week two too? It's definitely possible. Um, but the second most points scored is Michael Plank, who has twenty seven. These are regulation points, by the way. Yeah, overtime not included. Yes, Jackson Schneider is third at twenty six. Andrew Wymore is fourth at 25, and then you have a collection of, let's see, Ryan Goodwin has 21, Skinner has 18, Brad Wondell has 18, Kyle Coffey has 19, Isaac Henderson has 20, uh, Justin Nichols has 19, um, bu- 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 Kyle Martin has 19, Garrett Hart has 18. That's a lot of contestants between 18 to 21, yes. which means week yes. three is going to be wild. Yes, and that's why getting those getting those correct answers comes, becomes even more critical because... It could be literally the difference between one or two points, which would be you know one or two questions potentially between you missing the playoffs and, and making the playoffs. So a lot on the line next week. All right, RCST Trivia Football Edition is brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Jayhawk Trophy, Johnny's Tavern, and McDin- McDonald's and Mr. D's Auto Wash. McDonald's in the Lawrence area on 6th Street. Nick just had some McDonald's for lunch today. What'd you get? Uh, I just went for the chicken nuggets. I'm, chicken I'm nuggets. A, What's your go-to dip so- dipping sauce? I like honey mustard. Honey mustard. Honey mustard. Yep. They have a good honey mustard there at McDonald's. Yep. Dude, get chicken, that. chicken nuggets, man. Whew. Tough to beat. Can't go wrong. When I was a kid, I was a weirdo, and I would take the fried part off, and I would just eat the like nugget dude, part what? in the middle. Okay. I know. Keep that to yourself. That I mean, if, if I dude, turned like, into a serial like, killer, yes, if yes. I was not this, that's that like would have been my flag. origin story. Yes. Yeah, I think what? so. Yeah, I, I don't. I I wish you hadn't told me that. <laughs> but I eat a full now. It was just a weird kid thing. I don't know why. Uh, anyway, they also own Mr. D's Auto Wash. So you can get your car washed. So if you have a kid who is like me that you know makes a mess with their food, you might need to clean your car. Go to Mr. D's Auto Wash afterwards. All right, he's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We got some KU Football Friday. We got some KU Football Audio. We got Florida Man Mad Libs. All that to come on the show after this time out. This is a Rock Chalk Sports Talk news alert. Office say this man sold crack to an undercover police officer all while wearing a shirt that said Coke on it. Ever wondered just how crazy headlines can get? And now the Broward Sheriff's Office is looking into this one. So if you recognize the defecating deviant dropping deuces on driveways, give Broward Crime Stoppers a call. Our headline experts have you covered. 42-year-old man was arrested for riding his bicycle on the front lawn of a Naples home and telling a woman inside he was an FBI agent. This is Florida Man Mad Libs with Derek Johnson, Nick Springer, and Sam Speck on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. 
All right, that time on a Friday. I love doing this on Friday. We normally do it on Wednesdays, but it is fun on Friday, too, to kind of go out in the week, a l- weekend uh, a little bit oh, yeah. before, man, Fridays. Yeah. 100%, yeah. All right, he is uh, Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson, and Sam Speck joins us in studio. How's it going? I was just going to say, it's always good to be here on a Friday or on a Wednesday. Again, normally on a Wednesday, it's that hump day type of uh, you know, activity. Yeah, it is a good where... way to get over the middle of the week. Exactly, real. and also a good way to finish off the week. So here it is, Florida Man Mad Libs, as we've always done before. By but the way, right I now... should mention, you've been talking you've Mad Smack with me. Yeah, off the air, there, yeah, off the air, there's been some... Some talk. Yeah, we, we are bringing the. You heat said today. you would be surprised if either of us gets four, even close to four. Okay. But if you get over four, then maybe I'll get you something right. or something like that. Well, but I you get suck, over four so points. it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. For <laughs> maybe this is what you need. You need more challenge. You need some inspiration, indeed. And well, and and Nick, you, you are obviously a season winner at some point, so you don't suck completely. But yeah, this season. True. Derek, 5-1, 27 points. Nick, 1-5, 15 points. So it's not like you're too far away in terms of aggregate points, but 5 Yeah, one big day one. away, you know? Boy, 5-1. Go five for like and 10 one. points one day. Right <laughs> that there. one's not going to help you today, but here we are. Fresh week. Here's how it works. We've got four headlines coming at you. The first one's going to have one redacted word or phrase. The next three following that will have two redacted words or phrase. Now, within those phrases, they are going to have a point value of one each. However, in the following three, if you get both of them correct, they will then be worth three points if you get everything correct. So, again, Derek with 27 points, Nick with 15. Everybody at home, keep your little tally, keep your ears perked. Here we go. Let's listen to uh, where they think these headlines are going to go and participate yourself. But, boys, we ready to roll? Oh, yeah. So ready. All right, yeah. let's do it. Okay, so, again, the first headline only has one redacted word or phrase from this one, and it is down, as it, the headline says, Florida man. Florida man busted for stealing blank from a woman's property and riding away on it. Oh. So he grabs so he something. something. I'm immediately thinking like tractor, lawnmower. Lawnmower. Yeah. Yeah. Lawnmower right. was my first thought. Well, let's see. Florida man Golf busted cart, for maybe. stealing, and uh, both of you aren't incorrect, so maybe you go with your gut. Stealing lawnmower from a woman's property and riding away on it. Stealing her ostrich and riding away on it. Or stealing a tricycle. From this woman's property. Okay, so, so obviously the flashy answer is the ostrich. It is. Which what makes you know, you say that? in Florida, <laughs> that you I, people do have exotic pets. You know. Do you think the ostrich would let you ride on it though? Well, but see, that's the thing is, if you get on it, it would just probably run away. So it's yeah. actually a great way to get away. Because you're guaranteed. Yeah. To, what if she didn't actually mean to get away? She just was trying to hop on the ostrich and then it ran. <laughs> she was like, "Crap." Well, why would he? Well, what, but uh, okay, but if he's trying to steal it, wouldn't he want to get away with it? Wouldn't he want it to run away? No, but what if, I'm saying, like, what if he wasn't trying to steal it? What if he was just trying to be like, oh, what if I like? The headline says stole. I know, no, this one's like he hopped on the ostrich to be like, oh, this would be cool to get on one, and then the ostrich <laughs> took off, and then he got in trouble for trying to steal it when it was actually the ostrich just running. Oh, but the lady was like, mean. I think this guy's, you know what I mean? It was just a mistake. I stole I, my I, animal. I, yeah. I am gonna go Barely. ostrich. I'm going ostrich. Okay. All right, so we we said lawnmower initially, but I'm intrigued by tricycle. I don't know why or how you would even try to do that, but I'm going tricycle. All right, so Nick's going to go with the tricycle. And again, it could be a motor tricycle. could be, you know, those Fisher-Price red tricycles that uh, you yeah, ride around on. You never know. Yeah, that's what I'm envisioning. But here it is, full unredacted. And for those at home, make sure that your answers are locked in. A Florida man was busted for stealing a lawnmower from a woman's oh, property. Dude, and we were both right, and then it. we didn't. Wow. 
The house Dude, is coming for blood there, today. We I'm suck. telling we you. We literally had it right there. I'm actually starting to wonder if this is actually not that hard of a week from Sam. He just said that to try to get us to think it's definitely got to be something crazy. I'm already in your head, and I love it because we have three more so headlines. Yeah. I mean, we both had that. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. All right, nobody comes away with a point there except for the house. Let's go. And again, quick reminder for those playing at home, the next three coming at you, they're going to have two redacted words or phrases. So within that, uh, just keep that in mind. You're going to hear a lot of blanks and such. But we'll start with the first one on this one. A man crossing a Florida road blanks at a patrol car that blanked. <laughs> what? So a man crossing a Florida road blanks at a patrol car that blanks so we'll get to the second redacted here in just a moment but here's the first the florida man crossing excuse me a man crossing the florida road either throws drugs shoots or blows kisses at patrol car that blanks wow so he sees he encounters a patrol car he's walking across the road and then something happens for him to then do something to this patrol car why would he why would you throw drugs at what does that serve to a? What if the second blank is was undercover? What do you mean? What if he, the car? Yeah, was we still undercover? have a, yeah another redacted word to get to. It wasn't like a patrol car that he knew it was a patrol car. He thought it was. But then why would you still just throw drugs at? He it? it happened to be the same car that his buddy who buys the drugs from. But again, why would you throw them? Why wouldn't you just walk it over <laughs> no. and hand it to him like a normal person? I don't, I don't, I'm, the throwing part just doesn't make any sense. Again, he's throwing drugs, he's blowing kisses, or he is quite literally physically shooting. And again, disclaimer, Nick yeah. always has me do this. Nobody That's was the, injured, nothing happened. The shooting happened. is very aggressive. Yeah, shoots uh, at this patrol car. Which yeah, one is it? I don't know about that. I I kind of want to go blowing kisses here. Mm. I'm going blowing kisses. Maybe a lighter note. And again, we'll have the second redacted word here in just a moment. But Derek, where are your thoughts here? Are you going? Are you going with the kisses as well? Are you going with the kind of generic answer? I'm going to go throwing drugs. Why not? <laughs> throwing drugs. I just okay. I just don't understand How why. Is, why is that a generic Florida man answer? Is throwing drugs as a just, drugs just, in general what, generic? Why is <laughs> just, the purpose of throwing them? I know. All right. So, again, man crossing a Florida road blanks at a patrol car. And, again, that was either shoots, throws drugs, or blows kisses at that patrol car. That either was in pursuit was left on a current scene or honked at him. So the patrol car that was left at a scene was currently in pursuit or a patrol car that honked at him. And again... Uh, So I think because I picked blowing kisses, I think the answer to me is either in pursuit or honked at him. I kind of want to go honked at. Is that worthy of a headline, though? Yeah, why is that in the news? Yeah, you never know. Why would you blow... I mean, blowing kisses... That's so weird. Yes. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean is it worthy of a headline? I love how confused make any sense. you guys are. I love this. I love it. I'm going to go honked at him. Okay, so Nick's going to lock So basically, the guy was probably jaywalking. The cop car like honked at him and was like, hey, Get stop jaywalking. There. And he was like, no, I'm going to blow kisses instead. <laughs> I'm going to go honked as well. But I, I don't know. Yeah. We're going, I don't know. Honked. All right. Well, here it is. I've told you, boys, they came out to uh, to fight this week. We are certainly, the house is here to play. But I will say you did get one of these right, and we'll figure out which one that it is. Here it is, unredacted. Man crossing a Florida road shoots at a patrol car that honked at him. So, again, nobody got hurt. Nothing happened here. But uh, I'll tell Wait, you what. We both got a point. Yeah, You did. You got one point out of there. But I just don't under, like, what? The escalation. I have no idea. Dude. What are, Florida, what are we doing, man? That's why there's a whole segment around What are we doing? 
don't understand. All right. One to one. Let's head into the uh, the next one again. Two redacted words or phrases coming at you. Bright red blanks leads detectives to Florida man accused of robbing blank where he used to work. Okay. So bright red blanks. Let's see. <laughs> bright red lipstick. Bright, uh, bright red Crocs, like the shoe. Or bright red face tattoo leads detectives to Florida man accused of robbing a blank where he used to work. So face tattoo, lipstick, or Crocs. All right. I've got an idea here. I think it's Crocs, and here's why. The guy, that's like his signature fashion statement. He wears Crocs to work every day. And he works at like a, a shoe store. So he goes and steals all the Crocs from the shoe store because he loves Crocs. And that's how they catch him. They're like, this dude that loves Crocs, obviously he stole all the Crocs. I was just thinking he just wears those Crocs every day, and they had a security That's camp what I'm saying. Footage. He wears the Crocs. I don't think it necessarily has to be a shoe store, though. It could have just been he wears those every day, and they have video, and it's somebody wearing right, oh, they right, right, Crocs. multiple right. locations. Yeah, they know yeah. it's him. I'm going to go the, the Crocs as well. I'm going right. to go Crocs. So yeah. both are locking in with Crocs dude, here. So. I don't think you get it. People with face tattoos, you don't get a red face tattoo, do you? Could, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have one. So. I don't. Yeah. And I don't know the that it would stick out. The lipstick confuses me because there used to be. There was the, that one headline. You remember that one headline that a guy got caught because he had a Florida tattoo, like the state of Florida oh, remember tattooed that. on his forehead. I remember so, that. God forbid. I mean, who knows what these people are putting on yeah, their faces at I, this point? But, I'm going to stick with Crocs. Okay. So Same both too. locking in with Crocs here. So again, bright red blank, either bright red lipstick, Crocs, or a face tattoo is what leads detectives to Florida man accused of robbing. A Waffle House, where he used to work at. A bakery, where he used to work at. Or a bank, where he used to work at. So, so bank sticks out, obviously. Yeah. Anytime there's a Waffle House involved, it's open. It's fair game, I would say. <laughs> bakery um, is the one I'm least intrigued by. So I think it's either Waffle House or bank. I'm also thinking, though, from a business standpoint, what place of those working places are you going to... I don't think the bank is letting you... Like, bank, you have to dress up. Oh, but I maybe see. it's like a fashion statement. Okay, Crocs. That's fine. I'm well, not going to go bank. That's a fair point, is, I guess. Bakery would make a lot of sense that you can wear Crocs. You're in comfortable clothes. You're cooking stuff. You know. You but also, on. dude, Waffle House. Yeah, and Waffle House makes a lot of sense because it is Waffle. <laughs> I'm going Waffle House. <laughs> that's just a, a very Waffle House story. No, it is. It's like peak Waffle House. Yeah. I don't want to be a copycat, and we both have the exact. It same could answer, be bakery. But- like, think about it. If you work at a bakery, you're getting stuff on your clothes all the time. Like, why would you want to wear, like, super nice shoes? Mm, I see. And they make like, powdered sugar on there. And they make non-slip and Crocs, you can, too. You can so. clean Crocs pretty easily. Yeah. Just wash them off. Yeah. And put I mean, water on them. I mean, they're Crocs. Yeah. And they make them non-slip. Rubber. So they're allowed in restaurants. So you never know. Maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. So bakery, Waffle House, bank. Where I got Waffle I just, House from. Derek. I got to be different from Derek. I'm gonna go with bakery. T- okay, yeah. So Nick's gonna go with bakery here. So here it is, full unredacted. Bright red Crocs lead detectives to a Florida man accused of robbing the bakery where he used to work at. Nick. I was Let's just, go! I was just about to say a great answer with you. Oh, I had on. an interesting feeling. It was come on. good hit for you. Nicholas with Wait, the so that three. Four. It does. Gives me four. Suck it, house. Ha! Suck it, house. Ha! I said over four, didn't I? I said no one over four. <laughs> no, I did say no one's going to get to four. Let's go, baby. Now challenge me and see if you can get over four. It's three to one as we head into our final one. Uh, what is it? Oh, it's 42. Oh, it's 42. Yeah, it's 42. And 42 as we head into our final question here or headline. Again, these are all legitimate headlines. You can look them up if you'd like, but um, we play a little fun game with it. But a Florida man was arrested for stealing blank 
because blank. Very vague. There's a lot of options. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this, yes. is, this is going to be tough. Be anything. Here we go. All right, Nick and Derek, you got to come back here, by the way. You're down. Uh, Florida man arrested for stealing a neighbor's tractor, a city bus, or a truck because he blank. And we'll get to the second one in just a moment. But again, a Florida man was arrested for either stealing a truck, Dude. his neighbor's tractor, or a city bus. A neighbor's tractor? No. I don't agree with that. I'm not. I don't think. Not down in Florida. You don't think so? That's City bus makes sense. What's the why other? Why do you not think it's tractor? Uh, just a truck, uh, a plain truck. I don't know. Tractor. <laughs> a John Deere <laughs> tractor is worth even a have lot a of money. They're expensive. You don't even have a response. They're oh, John Deere tractors of dollars. Oh, hundreds of but thousands. Like, uh, of dollars. Well, I mean, it's not Maybe like millions. you know, this this isn't Nebraska man. Well, there's still like farmland, and do you know yeah. how much one of those tires on one of those tractors costs? No, I mean, the, the guy who just are... won the uh, the open, the British Open, he with his money, he said afterwards, "I'm buying a tractor," and I think he said <laughs> it cost him like with all the add-ons, like a hundred thousand dollars. That's dumb. Gee. No, it's not. It's smart. It makes that money. That is dumb. Makes it, I don't okay, think it's tractor. So let's see. I don't think it's tractor. Tractors, because city bus, and and truck. in what my mind, I'm envisioning. I don't think there's. I don't understand why he would do that. Why he would steal the neighbor's tractor? I'm going city bus. I was going to go city bus also. And what's the other option? Truck? Uh, just truck. Truck yeah, is plain super generic. Truck. Just a, I think yep, truck. truck. Yeah, right. I think truck. The spice on this headline could be in the second blank, but. I'm sticking with city bus. Yeah, same. All right, Although, so. No? You're going to change your answer now? Would the headline writer just write bus? Then again, what? city bus is notoriously different. If I think bus, I think of like school bus. So yeah, I'll go city bus. City bus. So Derek's <laughs> going to go city bus. Nick, your city bus as well, locked in there. Yeah. So Florida man arrested for stealing either a truck, neighbor's tractor, or the city bus because he never has before, because <laughs> he needed a ride, or because See? the aliens told him to. This is exactly mm. why I selected city bus, because I thought, I, to, in my mind, I was thinking <laughs> he needed a ride, but how stupid would it be because a city bus gives you a ride. Right. You don't have to steal. You don't have to steal it. It'll take make it you even funnier though. Exactly. That's why I think it's going. For, that's why okay. I think it's, Is that it what needs you a ride. Mean? So Nick's liking the fact that he just needed yeah. a ride today. He he may have just I never done this before. Though. I think like, it was literally he just he got on the bus and he was like, "I need to go here," and the bus driver was like, "Yeah, you'll get there eventually," and he was like. No, yeah. I need to get there right now. No, I think that's very plausible. Or he was like, I need to go here. And he was like, sorry, that's a different bus. And he was like, screw you. <laughs> you know, I think there's a lot. The aliens told him to is tempting, though. That's what I want to go with. That's tempting. Aliens are in the news a lot right now. Yep, they are. Um, honestly, you know, great excuse. Uh, who's going to check you on it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, go I'm going What was the first option? Uh, he never has done this oh. before. He needed a ride or the aliens told him to. Yeah, the never has done this before one is possible. I'm sticking with he needs a ride, though. You going with aliens, Derek? I'm going with aliens. Okay, so Nick locking in with he needed a ride. Derek with aliens. Here it is, full on redacted, and you got the first one incorrect. Florida man arrested for stealing a truck because he needed a ride. Nick! Wow. <laughs> Yo! Five points, baby! Five to three. Nobody can see two. me, but I'm flexing right now. Arr. I came in so Let's confident. Go. So confident today. You got to give me some credit, though. These were some hard ones. These were some tough, hard yeah. ones here for yeah, today. So uh, I do like to be challenged myself, though. Is there anything for the house? What yes. do you got this week? All right. Got one ready. Man rescued after blank gets lost in blank. Hmm. Okay. Man rescued after blank gets lost in blank. Okay. I think I know where this is going. After yes. blank is lost. So what did he lose? I think I know where this is going. All right. Okay. Man <laughs> rescued after dog gets lost in blank. 
after car keys get lost in blank, after deodorant gets lost in blank. So wait, he got arrested, uh, you said? No, rescue. Oh, rescue. Oh, rescue. rescue. Yeah. I'm going dog. Okay. I know. I immediately, the emotional His dog value. ran yeah. off into the wilderness, and he went after it, and he was like, like me, you didn't know how to survive. <laughs> I'm going to go dog, to too, just because it's the emotional value. I mean, this wouldn't be a headline unless there was, I mean, I don't know, man. If saving the odor, no, 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 no. is that? I mean, think about it. You go to the Grand Canyon. Well, and your car keys some fall out of your pocket yeah. into the Grand Canyon. And you're like, I gotta go. How am I supposed to get home? Well, I gotta go his, after. What if his car keys? He uh. like, I don't know, locked him in the car or something. Car then, keys are in the car, and they, he's in some. I don't know. There's a flood or something bad. Yeah. Happens, no. Yeah. Right? I, I think it could very I, easily I, yeah. be car. I'm still teetering between keys and dog, but I'm gonna go with dog. All right. So you're dog. both going dog. I'll yes, stick with correct. dog. Okay. Yep. Man rescued after blank gets lost in blank. Second blank gets lost in McDonald's Playhouse. His rectum, active volcano. Okay, well, obviously it's not rectum. Yeah. <laughs> I think the McDonald's playhouse Please would make the most sense for car keys. Because mm-hmm. he would, like, he dropped his car keys in the playhouse and he, like, went in after him and got stuck. Would that need to be rescued, though? You just go back Dude, in the McDonald's playhouse. If you get playhouse. stuck, yes. Oh, he got stuck. That's in what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying, like, think about it. The little what tiny, does that have to do with dogs? The little tiny tubes, he goes after him and he gets stuck. <laughs> okay. You see what I'm saying? Okay. So the dog went in the playhouse for some reason, and he went after him. And he got stuck. He got stuck. <laughs> okay. Or tangled. You know, think about it. Yeah, or like okay. the, you know, like the, yeah, the, the hand yeah. ropes. Yeah. The, he gets tangled up in the hand ropes. What are you going to do now? You're trapped. You're stuck. Okay. okay. I honestly almost uh, want to hedge my bets here because I feel like with the keys and the uh, unformidable one there that we say where it got stuck. certainly. No, the oh, rectum. The, okay. Yeah, that yeah. one. That one. That's the one oh, that we're talking I'm about. I'm going McDonald's. I'm going to go. I, this is going to be a weird left turn here, but I think it's keys in a place that you don't want them to be. Okay. And he had to be rescued in some sort of fashion with this. So I'm going to hedge my bets and I'm going to go dog first. Uh, his rectum. L- rectum his behind. Second. Yes, yeah. his behind next. Okay. Where, where the sun don't shine. Well, uh, the house almost took this one. Not quite. Man rescued after deodorant gets lost in his rectum. <laughs> See, okay. Oh, my Get, God. Gets lost is such a bad phrase. It's not lost. You know where it is. Yeah, you clearly so you know where it That's is. That's a terrible headline. <laughs> well, you just it gotta, is not you know. lost. You know where it is. Yeah, sense That's, of smell is important. Maybe, I, I guess know. that that Old Spice, that, <laughs> yeah, uh, that believe, whistling man. theme. Whatever. I like my story better. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> gentlemen, Nick coming away. or uh, Yeah, Nick uh, coming away with another victory big this w. week. That a big boy. I'll tell you what, five to two, and he beat the house, so I got to come up with something. But either way, next week we'll be back, as always, Florida Man Mad Libs. Thanks for joining in on our fun. As for me, I'll be out, and uh, you guys enjoy the rest of your show. All right, he's Sam Speck with Dick Springer and Eric Johnson. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Well, that's it. If you're listening on our podcast side, thanks for tuning in. Please give us a positive review if your platform allows you to do so, as you can find the show anywhere you get your podcasts with the best of RCST podcast. If you do have any questions for the show, whether it's for a mailbag, just something you think that would be fun to talk about, you can reach out to us on our Twitter page at RCST1320. You can also email us if you don't have Twitter. RCST1320AM at gmail.com. That's RCST1320AM at gmail.com. And if you want to listen live, 3 to 6 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday on KLWN, KLWN KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. Have a good rest of your day and see you next podcast.